Well, you saints want to look at something fun in God's Word? <laughs> it's hard not to see things fun in God's Word. <laughs> Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 follows up chapter 1. <laughs> and in chapter 1, God told us that the greatness of all of eternity was his idea. The greatness of what he was going to give us in Christ, which we just heard again in those manifestations, was his idea. It was his plan. Then, that's the first part of chapter 1. The second part of chapter 1 is that our eyes would be open to this. <laughs> that we would know the greatness of what God has done for us in Christ. Again, what we heard in those manifestations. It's just amazing how that works. Uh, that God prepares us to hear His Word and gives us His Word to prepare us for a lifestyle of Him. Ephesians chapter 2. God delivered us so big that their words of men fall short to explain this. So God just lumps it all up in that you were dead in trespasses and sins. Just says you had no life with me. There was no real benefit apart from me in this category of sin. So you were dead. That's the best word that describes it. You were apart from me, separated from me, had nothing to do with me in this category of sin. But he says, I delivered you. That's uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, basically. And then you get to chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember, basically it's saying, remember that you were Gentiles. Remember where you were before I rescued you, he says. Verse 12, remember that you were at that time, before you came to Christ, separate from Christ. Separate from Christ. Now, in the flow of the scripture, from Genesis 1, God's been telling man that, just wait till the Christ comes. I know you're in this mess. I know you're dealing with all these issues, that everything is corrupting, your body, your thoughts, the system around you, all of creation, it's all corrupting. But I'm going to send the solution. I'm going to send the Christ. Just wait till he comes. And everything that's been made wrong through sin is going to be made right through his righteousness. So he says, remember that you were in this state apart from the Christ. Well, now, verse 12, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ and all the wholeness that would be brought through him. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, remembering the flow of Scripture that God had promised that all these blessings would come through the Christ, which that's why he promised Israel, that all these blessings were going to come because the Christ was going to come by, through, the, uh, uh, you know, through the nation of Israel uh, in the flesh. So he's saying there's this commonwealth of Israel. All these blessings and promises that were given to Israel are summed up in the Christ. Through him, all these blessings are going to come. 
but you were separated from this, excluded from this commonwealth, and strangers to the covenants of promise. See that word covenants? In the Aramaic, it's in the singular. And in some translations, even in English, because there are some Greek texts that give this in the singular, why is this a big deal? It's not all the covenants that God made with Israel that are the significant thing. It was the covenant that was made with Israel through Abraham. The covenant God made with Abraham where all the nations of the world would be blessed. And that these promises and blessings were going to come through Israel because of the Christ. So remember that at that time you were separated from Christ and all these blessings and the covenant of the promise. The promise. That gift of Holy Spirit which would be poured out to everyone. You were separated out from this, excluded from it. We were in a mess and no way to get ourselves out. We were just in a bind that we couldn't uh, rescue ourselves from. The rest of verse 12, not only excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of the promise, but we have no hope and we're without God in the world. Without God in the world. This word world, you've got to understand uh, how words are used in the Bible. It's not the word earth. It's the word world. The world refers to the system thereof. The earth refers to the planet uh, and technically dry ground. But it refers to the planet. The world refers to the system of this planet who we know is governed by the God of this world. So in this verse 12, we had no hope and were without God in the world. In other words, we're in this system without God. Just caught in this whirlwind. Have you ever been uh, uh, in some kind of whirlpool situation? Sometimes when we were kids, we'd get in this uh, doughboy pool, and we'd just get about 20 of us going around in a circle, around in a circle. Then all you do is just float, and you're just carried around in this circle. Why that was fun, I don't know, but that's what we did. So the current would then move you around this pool. And all you're doing is just sitting there or relaxing there, moved by the current of the pool. That's what we were in, in the current of this world. The system set up by the God of this world, who in the same chapter, verses 2 and 3, tells us uh, that he's the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, causing all these currents of this world that are apart from God and apart from the Christ. That's where we were, caught in this whirlpool, going down. Mike, can I give an example of that? Oh, yeah. In the world of sailing, sometimes the wind changes direction, and sometimes when the wind's heavy enough, you change the direction of the boat, you change the direction of the sail to be able to, to account for the different directions that the wind's coming from. Sometimes the wind changes, very, very, very rarely, the wind changes direction so fast and so abruptly that by the time you correct what you're doing and you're looking at the sail, the angle of the boat, you're not paying attention to where the wind's coming from. So you change everything, the, the, the rudder, you change the sail, you change it, pull in this, tighten up that, and by the time you've done what it takes to react to where the wind has changed, 
the winds changed again. Okay, so suddenly you wanted to go this way and you react everything to be able to change the boat in that direction. And by the time you keep the boat upright and not and not destroy or knock the boat over, all right, suddenly you look up and you're going in a completely different direction than you thought you wanted to go in the first place, simply because you're trying to react to the, the boat, the sail, the wind, and everything. So it's just another example of how yeah. that that whirlwind can just take you in a million different directions yeah. of the world. You're at the you know so driven by the wind, yeah. Yeah, without hope and without God in this world. Then, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you, now in that category it says it's different than the system of this world, the currents of this world, tossed around by the wind, by the water of this system, so to speak. The currents of this life. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You've been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we were without hope and without God in this world, but we've been brought near to who? To God. By or in the blood of Christ. It was that payment for everything that was wrong that allowed us to be in God's presence, so to speak, brought near in that or by that blood of Christ. Jesus Christ's work brought us into God's presence. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, throughout the Old Testament, where God's presence was, flesh could not dwell and live. That, you hear that thing about, oh, we don't want to see God and die. Because in God's presence, flesh itself dies. So you have to get sanctified. You would have to go through this cleansing process, the high priest once a year, to go into the Holy of Holies, the very inner sanctuary of the temple. So they'd have to go through this cleansing process before they could enter the presence of God. If they didn't go through this cleansing process, then they would die. God told them it was going to happen, and it happened. There are records in the Old Testament which say just that. So, to enter God's presence, there's a cleansing process. Well, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The cleansing of our lives is by the blood of Christ. That everything that was wrong about us was cleansed away by His blood. Now we are left near to God, or in the presence of God, or the opposite of uh, verse 12, which is without hope and without God in this world. Now we're in the presence of God, brought near to Him, and we have hope. Our hope is in Christ. It's in Him. So we've been brought near to God, in His presence. Why is this a big deal? Well, that's where God's glory is. Where God's glory is, is His manifested power his love, his goodness, his patience. Everything that is of God is with God in his presence. And we've been brought into that so that we could become partakers of it. See, go to Galatians chapter 4. Not far from there. Galatians chapter 4.
Galatians 4, starting in verse 3, says, So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the earth? No, the world, the elemental thing. This word elemental things, it's like, uh, uh, you know, basic principles, uh, uh, rudiment principles, rudiment things of this world, of the system. We were under the bondage of the system. Had no way out. It's like you're in the current, can't get out. You're just moving. Uh, has anybody ever been in what they call an undertow to get people full of fear, but a, it's actually like a riptide? But if you're in the ocean uh, and you get caught in one of these, what happens is it's like, uh, say you guys are on the shore and out here by me is the ocean. It's like a funnel of a current and it starts a little bit wider on the shore and then it funnels out and it just keeps moving out as far as it goes. Sometimes these things have been known to go like three, three and a half miles. But they're a current that goes out. Uh, usually it's, you know, about a quarter mile or uh, somewhere around there. But it takes you out. It rips you out. You Once you're in this thing, if you try to swim against it, all you do is wear yourself out. And that's when people, you know, drown from these things. But all you have to do is understand that all you got to do is swim out of it. Well, are off to the side. Well, the swimming out of it is actually believing on Christ and you're pulled out of it. And then you're no longer caught in this current. Now, the system wants us to think we're in this current under the authority of the elementary principles of this world. How this world functions. That you're under its bondages. Oh, there's a, you know... Pig flu, what they call it, swine flu, being pushed on everybody. Okay, that's a current of this world. We were under its bondage. We hadn't, you know, we're just the best thing we had without hope and without God is, man, I sure hope this thing doesn't hit me or anybody that I know. That's the best you had, right? And you could try to take certain physical actions against it, but things in the system would overpower you. You know, the financial system of this world. We would just have to follow the flow of it and the current of it with everybody else when we were without hope and without God in this world. But now we've been brought not near unto him by Christ's blood. See, we were under these bondages. It's learning how to say, wait a minute, that's the way I was, but I am no longer that way now. Read verse 3 again, going into verse 4. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things or the basic principles of this world and its system. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Do you see that? Adoption as sons. We were essentially children of this world. Ephesians 2, the first part of the chapter says essentially that. We were like the rest. You know, under the bondage of this world. As children of this world, following its ways. Had no way out. But then God, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son to deliver us from that realm. 
Did he send his son? Absolutely. It says, when the fullness of time came, and you know, God's perspective in all of time, Adam disobeys God, and then God is moving toward Christ, the Christ coming so mankind could get delivered. That's God's perspective. So since Adam's disobedience, time goes by, time goes by, time goes by, until the fullness of time came, when every drop went by to fill up the swimming pool. Finally, the fullness of the pool, the pool was full. When the fullness of time came, Christ died. To deliver us from what? The, these root, yeah, sin and death, and the rudimentary bondages of this system. Primarily in here, it's the law, the, the flesh and its weakness to live under a perfect system. We've been delivered. Saints, our deliverance is in Christ. Now we are called adopted sons. Adopted sons. What does adoption communicate? Well, you're part of another family, and now you're brought into a completely different family. You know, when women get married, they take on another family name. It's perfect, because Christ is always in the male role, the church is always in the female role. When we came into the church, married unto him, he is now our bridegroom. He is now, you know, when we are married to him who is raised from the dead, right, from Romans 7, verse 4, married to him who is raised from the dead, Christ, we take on a different family name. Well, if you're adopted, you're living on skid row and you're adopted into this family of great wealth, which we have been spiritually, then things are drastically different. Now it's us waking up to the realities of being adopted as sons of God into his family, where all of these truths of his family are true about you. It's different. How's it different? We're no longer under the bondage of the rudimentary principles of this world, of this system. See it? Yeah, Dana? There was a time uh, there two children and they were comparing. One was a natural born child, the other was the adopted child. And the adopted child was upset because the other child told him, you know, you're not, uh, your mom, mom and dad's not your mom and dad, you are adopted. So they went to the parents and asked them, you know, what's this all about? And they said, yeah, that's right. The first child was born of us, but we chose you. Yep, that's adoption which is in the first chapter of Ephesians. <laughs> yeah, good one, Dana. Because we've been chosen of God to be adopted as his children. So we've been brought into his family. Well, being taken out of the old family, we've got to learn how to not think as if we're still part of that old family. The family of what? Being born under Adam. <clears throat> We're not part of that family anymore. We've been adopted. Now, as an adopted child, I can think according to my old family, can't I? Well, and this is where we're at. We're being tugged into thinking as if we're part of that old family, when in reality, we're adopted as sons of God, freed up by Christ's work from the rudimentary principles of this world. We've been, remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. Free. The truth liberates. So as we continue to think the truth, as we bring in the truth into situations where we're thinking at 
as part of the family of this world, so to speak, and you bring in the truth. Oh yeah, I was part of that family under Adam. Now I'm under Christ. I'm born into a whole new family. This is now true, but I'm not seeing those effects. So now what? Well, you continue to hold on to what's true. You know, God has brought us into the effects of what's true in Christ to whatever degree he has. You know, we're all different. Uh, we all have been exposed to different things in our, you know, Adam upbringing. And we've all been exposed to similar things in our Christ upbringing. Now, depending on how steep we were in the old, called our old man, it's going to be at different levels of how much input of the truth it's going to take to deliver us in manifestation from our thinking in the old family. You're now part of a new family with a new name. It's learning how to adapt over. And what makes us free from the old? The truth shall make you free. The truth doesn't make available freedom. Right? doesn't say that. It says the truth shall make you free. Knowing the truth, that it's yours. The truth becomes yours. You learn to think according to the truth. The truth becomes yours. You become one with it, and it makes you free. Any other system of you trying to get free is you trying to get yourself free. You're just a quoting verse, quoting a verse, quoting a verse, trying to make yourself free. Instead of resting in, oh, it's that truth in the verse that's going to make me free. It's not the words of the verse. It's not the words of the new covenant. It's the new covenant realities living within. The strength of the truth behind those words. Not the words themselves. Do you understand mm -hmm. the difference? Yes. Okay, it's the truth that makes you free. The truth isn't the words. The words communicate the truth. So it's, okay, Father, you've made me your son. Cool, I'm your son. Okay? But we're still thinking in Adam, but we keep saying that we're a son. But we haven't yet adapted to, I am a son. There is no difference from me being a son of God. There's nothing that's contrary. I don't care what gets thrown at me. God says, and this is where I'm staying put. God, teach me how to think as a son against all this stuff. I'm your adopted son. That's who I now am. See, and in this, we're crying out to God. God, show me how to adapt my thoughts to walk as your son. Listen, I don't know what's going to come against you and your life by the system of this world, these rudimentary principles, but each one of us are getting hit with different things. And we'll continue to do so. It's called tribulation in the Bible. And tribulation for us ceases at Christ's return. What's that say? that we're going to have tribulation until he returns. That's what it says. So the tribulation, the challenges are going to come. The question is, what am I going to hold on to? See, I've been delivered from the rudimentary principles of this world as an adopted son of God. God, I'm your son. That's that system. No swine flu, no, you know, recession, no anything can overpower your son. If that's true, then 
those that system, those things, those rudimentary principles are more powerful than your work in Christ. And we know that's not true. So God, I know that what you say is in Christ is true. That is going to overpower the situation. I'm staying put on your word no matter what happens. No matter what. Because I know that truth is true. And see, that's the attitude of a son of God. See, whatever you do, it's not you alone. You've been brought near unto him. Near into his presence by Christ's blood. You know, it's you you cutting the lawn or it's you and the Father cutting the lawn. I know that sounds a little kind of weird in a way, but it's you're in partnership with God in everything. You're his son. As his family, what does that look like when you're cutting the lawn? You know, fixing your printer or, you know, waiting for your oil to get changed on your car or truck. What does that look like? You're a son of God. Do you know God making you his son, putting you in his family, all of the authority, all of the power, all of the resources of heaven are waiting to be unleashed. When is the last time you've seen a burning bush? By God. When's the last time you've seen a finger writing on a wall? Before God gave everything to mankind through Christ, he had to come into the senses realm for man to catch man's attention. Well, how does he come into the senses realm now? Through his church, through his people, knowing who they are in Christ. As sons of God, adopted children of God, we walk and bring those things of heaven to the realm of earth because we are what God says we are. We've been delivered from the rudimentary principles of this world. Now we've been placed, you know, called and placed as God's adopted sons. We're no longer of the old family. We've been given a new family name. Now, all the identities of that family, whenever there's a family reunion called, we're called. You get the invitation. Well, there's a family reunion coming. <laughs> we had one here this morning. See, anybody's invited to this family reunion because you have a new family name. You are exactly what God says you are. You're adopted sons of God, completely delivered from the system of this world. It's a matter of learning how to think according to that. And the challenges are going to come, but what happens with the challenges? As you hold to the truth, they strengthen you. See, put up resistance with the truth against those challenges, and it strengthens you. Or it tells you, oh, wow, you know, I didn't hold on to what God says is true here. God, I need much more strengthening in this area so that next time I'm more equipped to stand against this thing by the power of your truth. See, God wants to train us to be his sons in our thinking. He's made us his sons, but now he wants to train us how to walk in that realm. You are not who you were in Adam. You are who you are in Christ. And as that gets put on, you manifest that power and all that is in the realm of heaven. See? This could be just a nice little meeting or it could be the beginning of the rest of your eternity, so to speak. Because you've reached a new way of thinking. You know you're a son of God and nothing, nothing of this world is more powerful than God living in his people. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now we're his adopted sons. So that's it. That's all there is. Have a happy eternity.
<laughs> uh, really is. That's it. 